It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, of course, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from AJ Tronzano. He says, wondering what you think about how the division plays out in this interesting time, with the way things are in the AFC East, it should be fun to watch. Belichick, best coach and best defense. Because of that, they should be the favorite, even though Stidham is unproven and might be able to hold them back. Buffalo's got a good coach and a good defense. Allen, to me, is better than Stidham because of the unknown. Allen has his own question marks, but I think they're a very close second. That being said, everyone is on their bandwagon, and teams tend to underachieve when that is the case. The Jets... Very good defense, well coached, lines should be better, weapons okay at best. Darnold should improve, but head coaching will hold him back. Miami seems to have the good head coach, but a developing team. I can see them surprising some people, especially if Fitzpatrick starts hot. I know it's long, but wondering what you think. I see Pats at 10-6, and six, Bills at 9-7, and seven, Jets at 7-9, and nine, Dolphins 6-10. and 10. Tight race, but defense and coaching went out. You and I have talked about this before, Chris. I think a couple of points that AJ made were interesting. One thing I will say is, and I know I'm going to get hammered for this, as of now, you'd have to say that Allen is better than Stidham because he's actually started games. There's no guarantee of that, and I admit that I'm very low on Josh Allen as a quarterback, but I can tell you, because I know people that are fairly plugged into New England, they really like Jarrett Stidham to be their guy. Now, I have no idea what he's actually going to do, but I will tell you this. If there's anybody I trust in terms of being able to figure out the right game planning, it would be Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels because we've seen them do it numerous times in the past. Look at what they've done every time that Brady was unavailable. Look what happened with Jimmy G. He was sort of an afterthought when they picked him in the second round, and then after a couple of games, everybody and their mother wanted him. Even Jacoby Brissett became a fairly hot commodity. And Matt Castle, look at what happened with Matt Castle. He ended up being a guy that a bunch of teams wanted, and they ended up getting a second-round pick for him, even though he had never even played at USC. He was Matt Leinart's backup in college, so very interesting I think that you've got a pretty good handle on this in terms of what to expect. Chris, I know you like the Bills over the Patriots. I like the Patriots for the exact reasons that AJ said. I just think that the coaching and the defense are going to be enough to barely win that division. I think it's going to be the tightest race that there's been in quite a long time in the AFC East, but I do think that the Pats will win it for that reason. I think the Bills have a strong chance to go neck and neck 
with the Patriots and perhaps even steal the division. But I think all said and done, they probably get a wild card. Jets and Dolphins, I just don't think that they're ready for anything. I think, like you said, somewhere in the 6-10 and 10 to 7-9 and nine range, and maybe even less than that. You could even see 5-11 and 11 for those two teams. I think that the Dolphins are certainly trending up. I'm curious to see if we get to see Tua play this year at all, or if it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. But they have added some really nice pieces with the Jets. As you said, a lot of the question is going to be, can Sam Darnold take that leap and basically achieve, despite the fact that Adam Gase is there because we know that Adam Gase is not the guy that's going to push him over the hump, but maybe he's good enough that he can succeed regardless of Gase's mediocre to poor coaching. So it'll be interesting this year. Chris, like I said, I know we've talked about this before, but I would assume that your opinion hasn't changed much in the last few weeks. Yeah, it hasn't. I still like the Bills to win the division, and I want to be clear about this part of it. I, I like the Bills as a regular season team. Even with Josh Allen and his limitations, I like him enough as a regular season quarterback to win enough games. Uh, I I don't disagree with anything either of you guys said about the Bills or the Patriots. I just think we're going regular season here. I like the Bills' chances of winning the regular season and then probably losing in the first game that they play in the playoffs once they play against – a good enough defense uh, to go, but their, their roster is just so, so stacked. And I love the coach. I, I, I love McDermott. I love dabble as the offensive coordinator. The, the way he used Josh Allen was, uh, was great last year. And as much as I have uh, my issues with Josh Allen's limitations as a quarterback, you can win with Josh at regular season games with Josh Allen just kind of running around like a madman. Um, so I'm sticking with that. Uh, and then, yeah, I, you know, I, I the Patriots can be right there with them. I won't be shocked if the Patriots win, uh, but I'd put my money on the Bills. But the Patriots aren't going to be five, far behind them. I, I'd probably expect them to be no more than two games behind them. And then I think the Jets and Dolphins are comfortably behind the two of those for this year. Next question comes in from Joe Horning. He says, what do you guys think, dogs or cats? This is interesting because there are pluses and minuses to both. So with dogs, you know what you're getting. You're getting they love you and they're all over you all the time and they're affectionate. But there's a lot of work that goes into it. You got to take them for walks. You got to feed them. You got to pay attention to them all the time. With cats, the downside is a lot of times they don't do as much and they can be standoffish. But here's where the tricky part comes in. If you get a really good cat, you could get 75% of what a dog gives you for 25% of the work. Because remember, with a cat, all you really need is a litter box You need to refill the water here and there and make sure that the food is filled up. Other than that, there's not really much labor. With dogs, you also have to make sure that if you want to go away somewhere, somebody can watch the dogs for you or at least come over and walk the dogs. Also, if you have a job that has really long hours, you have to find a way to have somebody walk your dog. Not the case with a cat. So there are pluses and minuses to both. And like I said, if you get a really good cat, that's a great bargain. I like to say that it's almost like getting an awesome fantasy player in like the 20th round unexpectedly. Like let's say you pick Denzel Mims this year thinking he's not going to do much and he ends up getting 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns as a rookie or something like that. That's kind of what happens if you get a really good cat. With dogs, they're great. 
but they take a lot of work and you've got to be able to have the schedule to make it happen or you have to have the money to be able to hire somebody to come and walk the dogs or a really good friend who's willing to do it for you. So it kind of depends on your needs and what you like, but I think there's good and bad with both. Yeah, the answer for me is dogs, and it's not tricky. It's not hard. It's dogs, it's dogs, it's dogs. I do agree with the idea that uh, a good cat is can be different because – uh, there are cats that will, will like some attention and like to be pet and cuddle up with you. But if, I, if I'm getting a pet, I, I want that pet to feel like it needs me and to act like it needs me. I'm not, I don't want some pet just to be r- randomly wandering around the house. I, I, I need some affection from that, that pet. Uh, it is odd, though, because my personality is way more of a cat. <laughs> um, so I respect cats. I, I respect you. I got I got love for you. You're cool with me. I we're on the same page here. I I get it. But if I'm getting the pet, I'm getting the dog. I I give me that give me that attention and affection, and I don't mind the extra work. Dogs are worth it. Reminds me of that Bill Burr bit where he's talking about how he got a pit bull, and he had always thought pets were stupid. But then when he would come home, and the pit bull was just like waiting for him, like his entire day revolved around Bill Burr coming home, and it made him feel like a million bucks. And at that moment, he realized, A, that having a dog was great, and B, that having a dog is probably better than having other humans around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I am, that's, that's the thing. I, my personality is much more like a cat with other people. I, I'm more, get everybody away from me. You go do your thing, let me do mine. But you give me a dog, and I'm, I'm all about it. Dog, dogs are awesome, and I definitely prefer dogs over people. Next question comes in from Fuego Jets Takes. He says, what is the number one positional need to target next year's draft? Off the top of my head, I would say probably you'd have to think edge rusher or maybe cornerback, but I wouldn't hate it if the Jets went offensive line or receiver, depending on where they end up picking. I'll tell you this, I don't expect them to be bad enough to be in position to get them, but boy, I don't care who the edge rushers are that are available or cornerbacks or wide receivers. If they have any chance to get Penny Sewell, I would be all over that. That guy is unbelievable. I've been digging into his tape, and I think it's only because I want to torture myself for the fact that there's no way the Jets are going to get him. But that guy, the way he moves for somebody that big, his agility and just his power and his instincts as an offensive lineman, I don't even really see any flaws with this guy. Could you imagine having him and Makai Becton as your two tackles for the next decade or so? That would be phenomenal. So my answer would be, All things equal, probably an edge rusher and then maybe a corner and then an offensive lineman and then a receiver just because those two positions aren't as dire right now in terms of what they've got on the roster. But if they're in position to get a stud wide receiver or more importantly, a stud offensive lineman like Penny Sewell, then I would go that route. Yeah, my answer here would go, I'd go edge first. Uh, Part of that is just... talking about edge uh jets need an edge uh my entire time covering this team so uh if if you put them all available for me there or you have a pick first and you're just telling me that all the positions the players are kind of equal i'd go for the edge there on second spot would go offensive line then i'd go receiver then cornerback that's how i'd i'd uh, line it out and granted um Normally, uh, I say quarterback is more 
vital position to get than receiver. But I, again, I'm on my offensive kick here. And uh, this, I've, I've covered too many bad offenses since I've covered this team. So get me the offense. I'll give the wide receiver the third spot there. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. The next question is from Michael Megan, who writes for us at TurnOnTheJets.com. And there's a really funny typo in his question. He says, if Adam Gase was fried after the loss in Miami, I assume he means fired, but maybe he wanted to send them to the electric chair. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I feel like the Jets likely would have still finished 6-2 and two under interim coach Greg Williams with a new coach in place and the same offseason under Douglas. If that had occurred, would you have the same expectations this year or higher? I would think probably higher because depending on who they brought in as the new coach, I'd probably think more of him than I do of Gase because I don't think much of Gase. Then again, it's possible they would have hired Mike McCarthy or something, and then I wouldn't have liked that either. So I'm really not sure. But if they would have hired somebody that I like, or even if they would have given the job permanently to Greg Williams, I probably would be a little bit more confident going into this season, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, it depends on who they hire, uh, but I like the chances that I would think it would be at least an upgrade because you can't go down much further than Adam Gase, in my opinion. You can go down a little bit. There's a little bit of wiggle room left, but you can't go much further. 
and there's a, you can improve a lot more. So it, it'll de- it would depend on who they brought in, um, at least to run the offense. But uh, it it's gonna it'd be tough to uh, for me to imagine that it would get worse. Um, but I agree that they probably would have finished the season just about the, just the same um, if Greg Williams was the coach. The defense is the reason why they won those games. And then also they weren't exactly a bet, uh, against the best offenses. But the, the Jets' offense was not great at the end of the year. And six and two, spin it however you want. Adam Gase did not – like turn the offensive around in the second half of the season. That is not what happened. Next question comes in from Ryan O'Keefe. He says, if Gase is let go during the season, obviously Dowell Loggins goes with him. Who calls the plays then? The only answer I can think of is Jim Bob Cooter. He's the only guy on the coaching staff with any play calling experience. I can't see any other person that would be calling plays if that happened. Right, Chris? No, I mean, he would be the obvious, um, I guess you could go with John Jefferson too, but he he doesn't like so. Yeah, that those are the only two uh, choices that you'd have. Um, so, but they, I would say that they'd probably defer to Jim Bob Cooter there at that point. Ryan also says I've made a bet with a buddy of mine that Chris Herndon becomes a top eight tight end this year due to his talent and overall lack of depth at the position around the league. What do you think the chances are that that happens? Really just depends on if Herndon stays healthy. Remember, part of the reason he slipped to the fourth round in the draft is because he had injuries, and so he didn't have the full opportunity to show his skills. And then, of course, last year, after he came back from the suspension, he had the injury and he ended up not playing at all. So if he's healthy, we've seen he has the skills, certainly, to be a top eight tight end. But that injury question is a very big one. So I think it could happen, but you're definitely rolling the dice. Yeah, that's it. Uh, if you could tell me that he's going to stay healthy for 16 games, then I'd say yes. I like the chances um, of him being a top eight, a top 10 for sure, tight end. Uh, the question to me is, is he going to be healthy and be able to play all 16 games? And that's something that, you know, I have to wait and see uh, before I, I can feel confident in saying that right now. But I do think he has the talent and the ability to do it. Next question comes in from Abstract Analyst. He says, here's something I'd love to know. I know the analytics community and most Jets fans don't like Gase. What is the perception of him around the league? Like, for example, what are the chances he gets another head coach or offensive coordinator job after he finishes crashing and burning here? Wow, you're an optimist there, Abstract Analyst. I don't know exactly what everybody around the league thinks of him, but I can say that he certainly is well-connected enough and has enough people in the league that think highly of him that he would probably get another opportunity as an assistant if he were to get let go as Jets head coach. Now, as far as getting another head coaching opportunity, I'm not so sure about that. Certainly not right away. Might have to this time actually earn his way back the way he should have after getting fired from the Dolphins. But look, he got this job largely on the connections that he had, specifically his connection to Peyton Manning. And there are other people around the league that we know think highly of him. Obviously, you take a look at Joe Douglas. They're pretty tight, and I'm sure there are plenty of others around the league. And that's part of the way that the league works. Guys get jobs based on people that they know vouching for them. Sometimes that works out for the team's benefit. Other times it doesn't. 
But it's hard for me to say universally what people around the league think of him. I know that he has some admirers, and I'm sure that he has plenty of detractors too. I find it hard to believe that if he crashes and burns here, he gets another head coaching opportunity without having to spend several years really proving himself as an offensive coordinator again. But I wouldn't be shocked if he were to crash and burn and find his way onto another staff as either an offensive coordinator or maybe a quarterback's coach or something. Yeah, so the answer here is Gase has people that he's friends with, that he's friendly with, and that would support him. And like you said, probably give him uh, a job on their staff. But, you know, that's uh, an issue league-wide, and that's how we get to this place uh, where we keep recycling coaches over and over again. Um, it's it's an, a good old boys club, and he has uh, – again, I've talked about this a lot, about his personality, um, how I understand why people like him. Uh, and he does have people, uh, some people around the league who believe in him. But for the most part, he is not well thought of around the league from everything that I have heard or found out uh, as far as a coach, his coach X's and O's. Um, a lot of people are, are were wondering what the Jets were possibly thinking, being in the same division as him in Miami, watching him and, and doing it. Um I but you don't uh, have to especially if he gets fired this year. Coaches don't get fired uh, from two straight teams like that as head coach and then get hired a third time as a head coach like that. That just does not happen. He, I, I'm not saying it won't ever happen, wouldn't ever happen for him, but he'd have to take at, at least two or three years of running an offense and building his way back up before he has that chance. No. If he gets fired after this season, nobody's going to hire him to be uh, their head coach, and, and unless maybe Peyton Manning buys a team before that uh, uh, that next game, uh, it, it's, it's not going to happen. It, there's just no way. Um, but he will find his way onto a staff somewhere, and then have the opportunity and possibility of being able to work his way back up. I, I doubt it would happen even at that point, but it, it's possible. That's going to wrap up part two of the weekend mailbag. Don't forget to follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given the show a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't take you much time, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.